0: Listen, we'll go ahead and jump into this. Um, I want to talk tonight about how many of you like you, you've, you've had several moments in your life where you feel like, OK, because when, when you talk about hearing God's voice, sometimes people are weirded out by that. But how many of you know, like there's a moment in my life where it was unmistakable, undeniable, could have been multiple moments that you feel like I heard God's voice. I just I just know I don't I don't know how to explain it. it maybe it was it wasn't audible. But, but, but God spoke to me and it changed the course of my life. It changed something. He it, it gave me direction. He dealt with me. I wanted, uh, hearing God's voice is essential. I'm telling you, like, in my life, hearing God's voice is everything. Like Every day, I want to, I want to hear from Him. I want to know what He's speaking. And some people will say, well, that's weird, you know, man, you don't really hear, hear from God like that. I, I believe that as Christians, according to Scripture, we're supposed to hear God's voice. And I can, I can expound that to you and show you a little bit, but I want to discuss some different ways that we hear God's voice. But one of the biggest problems in our world today, even in the church and in America, is we got this Western mindset where basically we're so stuck in logic and trying to understand things and figure out things that we do not understand spiritual things and we don't understand the soul very well. And we don't know how God speaks because we think of everything in natural terms. And so we actually lock ourselves out because we're all the time trying to figure stuff out. I was talking to these guys about spiritual gifts earlier. And the the truth is, When you talk about spiritual gifts even, for example, nobody really has a problem with miracles, do they? Nobody really has a problem with healing. Nobody really has a problem uh, with, with things like that or even discerning of spirits. Praise God for that. But if you talk about tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, everybody starts freaking out a little bit. Why? Because they don't understand it. And the things that we don't understand, oftentimes we distance ourselves from and we, we, we keep ourselves locked out from those things. But see, we got to have an understanding that God speaks and God wants us to be hearers. He's always talked about hearing. And let me tell you this, like the Christian life is about being able to hear, being able to listen. Being a leader, wherever you're at, whether you're at a school or you're a pastor or you're in ministry, what we do... Even, even the leaders in this church, you know, one of the things that we speak about is, is when we're praying, the question is, what, what are you doing, Lord? What does the Lord want us to do? Because it's not about, Christianity is not about me saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do a lot of good things in this church. Would you just bless it? Now, that's not how you, we, we should run this thing. We should say, Lord, what is it that you are doing? What is it that you want us to do? Because we're following you. And in order to follow the Lord, you have to be able to discern what the Lord is doing. You have to be able to hear what the Lord is saying. Because leading is about hearing the Bible says Romans eight fifteen that as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God so we have to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God now I'll say this and I, and I believe it God has primarily spoken to us through his son Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is the Logos right he the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us that's the Logos he Jesus Christ is the word of God in a secondary sense, God has given us the Bible, which is the Logos, the Word of God. Both of them are the Word of God, right? And this ultimately points to the ultimate Word of God, which is Jesus. So when God, how God has spoken to us is through His Word, the Bible, and through His Son, Jesus, which the Bible points to. And if you look at Scripture, there are two Greek words, and we cover this a lot, but it's important to understand. There are two Greek words in Scripture for word, right? One is Logos, And that is the Bible. That's the written Word of God, but it's also the Word that existed eternally with the Father. And so we have the Logos Word of God... But then we have another word for this, and it's called rhema word. Any of y'all ever heard of a rhema word, right? So you got logos and rhema. In other words, I can be reading the logos, reading the Bible, and then all of a sudden something jumps out off the page at me, and it speaks directly to my heart. Because how many of you have ever read a whole bunch of scripture, a whole bunch of logos, and it don't make a lick of sense to you, and then one sentence just hits you right in the heart? Y'all ever had that experience? Something that happens. Maybe you're even listening to a sermon, and, and if you're like me, you know, you tune out for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you come back into it and say, maybe I need to listen to this dude. And then when you tune back in, boom, he says something that speaks directly to you. Just one little nugget in that message, right? That's a, rhema, a freshly spoken now word of God that comes to you. And see, this is, this is important to understand because God is not just a subject to be learned, is he? He's not just he's not just knowledge, he's not just just doctrine. He's not like a history book that you can study and just know the book and know him. That's what it I was about. See, the logos helps us have the knowledge of God. But see, we need a rhema word of God. Why? Because I need to have a conversational relationship with my heavenly father who is a friend, who who, who sticks closer than a brother. And so I get the logos to get the knowledge, to get the understanding. But I need a relationship where God speaks to me personally and we have that relationship. That's where they both come from. Now, if you look at, at Scripture, Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you look at that in the Greek language, it says the rhema of Christos. it's It's the spoken word of Christ. He says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word of Christ. In other words, it is your ability to hear the message preached about Christ that births faith in your heart. You know, there are people out here that are lost right now. No joke. They're lost right now. And we believe that the preached word of Christ into their heart is what can actually create faith for them to believe. Anybody amen me on that? Some people say, well man, I just wish them people believed in Jesus. Well, if you would go with, the, with a, the message of Christ, guess what would happen? When you spoke that and they heard it, not with just their physical ears, but with their spiritual ears in their heart, guess what it does in their heart? It creates faith in their heart, which is a seed for them to believe the gospel and then all of a sudden be born again and transformed and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why it's so important to share the message of Jesus with everybody because you have a role to play in creating faith in their heart. Yes, it is the gift of God, but guess what? He's chosen his church. He said how they going to be saved if they don't hear, and how they going to hear unless somebody's sent to actually preach the message to them. So it's important that you as a Christian have the Word of God, the Logos in your heart, that the Spirit of God can take a hold of it and speak the rhema out of your mouth so that faith can be birthed in people's hearts. But it comes by hearing. Galatians 3, 5, look at this verse. It says, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you Therefore, he basically saying, God who pours the Spirit out among you. Y- y'all know whenever God's Spirit moves in our midst and we sense his presence. That's God, right, isn't it? He said, God who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. I gotta be honest with you, we need more miracles in the church. Amen. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How does he do it? Does he do it because you do everything right and you come in and you check off the list and you say, Lord, I prayed this morning, I read my Bible. I've been been fasting today, I came to church on Sunday, came to church on Wednesday, I've been keeping the law. Is that why God pours out His Spirit? Is that why God does miracles? No. God does miracles because you hear the Word of Christ and you believe it and when your faith is released because you've heard the truth all of a sudden God pours His Spirit out into that atmosphere. When people come in believing and they say we're not here for ourselves or based on our own goodness we're here to worship Christ, we believe the message of Christ, we believe in the power of the gospel, the power of the blood of Jesus, the hearing of faith actually releases the Spirit and releases miracles. I mean, there's miracles right now that are within reach if we can believe them. If we can believe for it. It's just, you don't even have to amp it up. Like, you ain't got to get the music loud. You, I mean, there are miracles that happen, y'all, in the Bible. Guess what? They weren't even playing no music. Y'all realize that, right? You don't have to have it. There are things that we think that you have to have in order for God to move, and it is just wrong. What you need is faith, the hearing of faith, being able to sense what God is doing. Miracles are available. The Holy Spirit being poured out is available. Matthew 13, 9, Jesus said this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He said that over and over again. Do you have ears to hear what the Lord is saying? Every day I'm I'm thinking, Lord, I need to hear what you're saying today. John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, where the first and greatest commandment came from, it's called the Shema, because the word Shema in the, in the Old Testament in Hebrew, it literally means here. It means here. And so they called the greatest commandment, which Jesus quoted as the greatest commandment in Deuteronomy 6:4. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. But he starts it out by saying, Here. hear. In other words, what the Hebrews believed is that if you couldn't hear God clearly, you would never obey Him. So it was constantly this ability, like you've got to get to this place where you can listen to God, where you can hear what God is saying. Our ability to hear and follow the voice of God will determine our success in life and ministry. How I many, I'm I'm like, you talk about hearing the voice of God, like, some of you, you say, Well, I've never heard the voice of God. If you've ever even felt drawn in the slightest sense, I remember I talked to these guys sometimes because we, we, you know, when you come, when some, some of us that we've dealt with addiction in the past, like I, I talk to them sometimes about how, and a lot of people who are dealing with addiction, they're trying to figure out how to get free from some of the things they want to get free from, but hang on to the others. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I'm coming on my terms. Lord, I'm willing to give up heroin, but I don't know about cocaine. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, ain't, it can't be that bad. Like, I mean, people justify that stuff. They figure, they figure that out. So my thing was, you know what, Lord? I mean, I'm willing to give up the hard stuff, but i mean, a little alcohol every now and then, especially marijuana, not that big of a deal. Here, and let me talk, talk to you about hearing the voice of God. I was praying. I was fasting. But one thing I wasn't willing to let go of was marijuana. So anybody amen me? And, and buddy, at that time, I had buddies that would preach. Well, you know, the Bible says in Revelation that uh, there's a healing for the nations out of these leaves, and he's talking about marijuana. Let me tell you something. No, he ain't. All right? Somebody amen me. All right? Well, I, I, I was praying and fasting, and that was the one thing I was not willing to give up. And I'm telling you, one night, I, I got ready, I got ready to, to, I guess, roll one up, as they'd say. And, and as I'm doing that, seeking the face of the Lord, trying to figure out how to justify my behavior, something within, because I was seeking God, said, no, Clay, you're done with it. That's sin. And I was convicted. Deep, You know what that is? That's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. Guess what? There wasn't no philosopher or even a preacher that get up and preach on it that would say no. Now later on I got into Scripture and I realized that Scripture, scripture commands soberness. It commands sobriety. It, it, it tells us to not come up under the influence or the power of anything. Matter of fact, in the works of the flesh, which it says those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, one of them is witchcraft or sorcery. The Greek word for it is pharmakia, right? The word we literally get pharmacy from. It's the use of or administering of mind-altering substances or it is... Intercourse with evil spirits, which means when you... Because when you, anybody get on drugs, you know what happens So you. open yourself up to all kinds of stuff. But the point being is what enabled me to actually quit that stuff? It was hearing the voice of God. It was hearing God speak to me. Is what enabled me to stop doing it. Being able to hear what God was saying. And in, in, in Samuel, in the first Samuel chapter 3... You talk about Shema. Samuel, his name literally is Shamael, right? What that means is God hears. He hears. And what's interesting is Samuel was one of the first prophets. You go through the book of Judges, man. You go through a time where people had rebelled against God and it says there was no widespread revelation in those days. Basically, nobody was hearing from God. You ever been to a church where nobody's hearing from God? Like, no, I mean, ain't nobody got a word. It's just like, golly, boys, ain't nobody heard from the Lord in years. What in the world? That's how they were living. Nobody's heard from the Lord. Nobody's been in the Bible. I mean, honestly, as Christian people, you got to get to a place where you're hearing something from the Lord. If somebody came to you and said, Is God saying anything to you? You should have something. You need to have something. God's got to be speaking to you. That's got to become something to you. Like, and, and we get in a habit sometimes around here of asking people, like, what's the Lord saying to you? And some people get nervous and don't want to talk about that. Like, Nothing, what, man? Don't put pressure on me like that, bro. Put pressure on me like that. You know, but, but what is the Lord saying to you, honestly? As a, you, his sheep hear His voice. You got His voice that you get to hear. And so Samuel ministers to the Lord. But here's the thing about hearing the voice of the Lord. It's a process, isn't it? Samuel was one of the greatest prophets of his day. Matter of fact, he was pretty much one of the only ones when he started back. There was no revelation. Nobody was hearing from God. The priest in the temple was not hearing from God. Eli, they rebelled against God. And all of a sudden, God comes to Samuel and says, Samuel. Samuel wakes up and he said, boy, Eli must have called me. He said, Eli, did you call me? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. He said, all right. He went back to bed. God says, Samuel. He wakes up. He said, Eli, you called for me, man. What's going on? He said, I did not call you. Go back to bed. He said, I don't know. I must be d- dreaming. Go back to bed. The Lord says, Samuel. He gets back up. He says, Eli, did you call for me? Eli finally realizes. but it must be the Lord calling for you. I mean, I used to hear from him myself, and, and, and now I don't. But, 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 but it must be the Lord calling for you. Won't you go back to bed, and this time if he calls for you, instead of coming back here and talking to me, why don't you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In other words, he was hearing the voice of God. He just didn't know it was the voice of God. And I'm telling you right now, y'all are hearing the voice of God if you're a child of God. You just don't know it's the voice of God. You think it's something else. You're having, a tr- you're having trouble tuning in to what he's saying and what he's speaking. The only way you're really going to be able to tune in is if you stop and you do what he said and say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. That means you take time alone. You're in the Word of God, in the private place, in the secret place, seeking the Lord, praying to the Lord. You start to tune your spiritual senses to begin to hear what God is saying in those moments. And it's so important, listen, God's going to lead us by His Spirit. He's going to speak to us, but we have to have our hearts open to to Him speaking to us. Let me give you, I'm going to give you about seven things right here. I'm I'm going to go through them real quick. I ain't going to keep you longer than three and a half hours, no doubt about it. Ain't no doubt. Yeah. But let me give you several ways that God speaks to me personally, and I believe He speaks to everybody, and I believe it's biblical. All right. The first one, probably the most important one, is inward witness. Inward witness. And really, y'all ever just, y'all ever just had a situation in life where you're just like, I just don't feel good about this? Anybody? And part of the in, in, inward witness, biblically, is what God gave you when you were born. It's called a conscience. I remember when I was a kid, man, I, I went with some guys, I was 10 years old, my parents had just got divorced, 10 years old, y'all. And my buddies had some beer, they had some pot, had some cigarettes. But we run out of cigarettes, we went down here to Speedway. Don't tell nobody this, I don't know, I don't know if I can still get arrested for it. We went into Speedway, we, we stole some cigarettes from Speedway, and we got out of there, we went back. We vandalized the house after breaking into it. We got in there, drank the beer, we smoked the cigarettes, and, and did all that. That's ten, ten, y'all. Ten. You think your kids ain't doing crazy stuff? You better watch them. You better pray for them. I'm serious. You can't imagine. I go home and be like, hey, mommy. And I'm out there doing that stuff. And, and so anyway, I don't even know where I was at. I'm off track. Huh? Oh yeah, conscience. (laughs) Thank thank you, Liana. You are really untuned right there. But you know what happened after that? My conscience began to destroy me. I was, oh my gosh, I was sick. I was so sick. I remember being in fourth grade at school, just thinking somebody gonna come and arrest me right there in the in the school. I mean, I was sick to where I was about to throw up. I remember finally I couldn't take it no more. After about a week, I told my mom. I said, Mom, I gotta tell you something. Man, that's the conscience. That's the voice of the Lord, an inward monitor. But guess what? Now you have the Holy Spirit, and you got something even deeper than that. This gives you discernment. And that inward witness, Colossians 3.15, this is a really good verse in Amplified. It says, Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace indeed you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Now they must have changed the the Amplified Version because I remember years back when I read that same verse in the Amplified Version that it actually said let the peace of God act as an umpire in your heart. In other words, it's saying safe or out, right? If there's no peace, it's out, son. If you feel that, you sense that peace, all right. But you got to let the peace of God act as an umpire in your heart and decide and settle questions that arise. There's an inner witness. And I'm going to say that 90% of the decisions that you make can be answered by this inner witness. But you got to be in prayer. you got to be seeking the Lord. And you're going to sense just an inner witness. I don't feel good about this. Don't do it. I feel good about it. There's just a peace. I'm scared. I'm nervous. But I feel a peace about it. So I'm going to move forward with it. That inward witness. Secondly, number two, is the inward voice. Now, Philip in the desert, uh, in Acts eight twenty nine, it says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So an inward witness is kind of like, it's kind of like yes or no. You know what I mean? Y'all ever have those decisions like, Do I do this or not? It's like yes or no. But then there's a voice sometimes that comes with that inward witness and it gets very specific to him because the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake that chariot. So he's giving him something very specific along with that witness. Like you ever, you ever look at, there have been times I've looked at, looked at a person and the Lord be like, look, and you can go over and talk to that guy. I'm like, what do I say? Boom, all of a sudden it comes to me. You know what I'm saying? There's that inward voice that follows along with that. Then Peter's on the roof in Acts 10, 13. It says a voice came to him. A voice came to him. And the voice said something very specific. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Then in Acts 13, 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So you see this recurring theme of them seeking the Lord, ministering to the Lord, the voice of the Lord coming, the Spirit speaking, and giving them specific details on how they should move forward. And I'm telling you, most of the time when they heard this, when the Spirit said, did they hear a voice like an audible voice? I'm going to say 99% chance they did not hear an audible voice. But they were learning to discern what the Spirit said. And there was an intense knowledge that bore witness with all of them. And we need to separate Paul and Barnabas for the work that they've called. They knew that's what the Holy Spirit was speaking into their hearts. There's that inward voice. Number three, dreams, visions, and revelations. Now sometimes I'm I'm talking about stuff. I told somebody, I said, you know, you get certain people in here from don't know what we're talking about. We're going to scare some people off tonight, praise God. You get to talk about dreams and stuff, like people get spooked. How many of you have dreams and you know it ain't the Lord? Like you just have the wackiest dreams you've ever had in your life. You're just like, man, that is weird. Yeah, I have those too. There are really three different types of dreams that you can have. Really, there's three different types. This is why discerning of spirits is a gift of the Spirit and it's important. Because you could have a dream that's just your soul doing crazy stuff. You could have a dream that is literally demonic, that instills fear in you, that, 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 that does all kinds of stuff. But even, even, even dreams that are demonic can give you insight. Like, why is he giving me this dream? Is that one of my weak spots? If he's attacking me... Let me tell you something about the devil. If he's attacking you in a certain area, he's doing you a favor. He's doing you a favor. Why? He's exposing where you're weak. He's letting you know what you need to work on. Right? He's doing you a favor. If you say, well, he just keeps hitting me in this area. Well, that's probably an area you need to work on. He sees a vulnerability, a door that's open that you need to learn how to shut. He's doing you a favor. So... So it could come from different things, but you have dreams, you have visions, you have revelations. In the Bible, you read in the Old Testament, Joseph in the Old Testament had a dream about his rise to power. It didn't look like it was going to come to pass. It did. Joseph in the New Testament, Jesus' dad that was taking care of him, Right? he had a dream, a vision in the night. The dream said, hey, you need to get Jesus out of here, go into Egypt. It was a dream, a vision in the night that warned him to get out of there. Throughout the book of Daniel, which we just preached through, you see dreams over and over again, which when interpreted, even though they didn't make sense to most people, when they were interpreted, what happened? They knew things that were going to happen in the future. Dreams are important, God gives them. The scripture says in Acts 16, verse 9 through 10, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. In other words, Paul's in a place. He has a dream in the middle of the night. In the dream, a man from Macedonia says, hey, Paul, we need help, bro. Come over here. Paul wakes up says, hey, I think we need to go to Macedonia. What's he saying? He's saying that he believes God speaks to him in dreams. Somebody amen me? I mean, it's a shame that you've got to say that and be so like, straightforward about it. But people don't believe that. People don't believe that. So, so it's biblical. It's right there. Job 33, one of, my, one of my favorite scriptures concerning dreams. Verse 15 through 18. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds... Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. He keeps his soul back from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Right? So he's saying, look, deep sleep. Matter of fact, if you read the verse before that, it says that God speaks once, even twice, yet man does not hear him. You realize that? God's speaking once, twice. He can't get our attention. He said, i I wait till they go to bed. I cannot get this guy to listen to me. i wait till he goes to bed. I'm going to put a vision in the night in there to try to keep him from perishing and keep his soul back from the pit because he's about to make a terrible decision. Now, I've got to be honest with you all. I don't share it a lot because I don't want to spook people, and I don't want people to think I'm weird. And when we're talking about, when, when we're talking about stuff, I, I'm honest. Like, especially like on a Sunday morning, you got new people coming in. If I told everybody the things I've been through Sunday, so they wouldn't stick around long. Somebody told me the other day, said, you know, I invited a guy to church, and he said he wouldn't come because he knew what you used to do. I said, man, that ought to give him all the more reason to come. Look what Jesus can do, praise God. I mean, I mean like, for real. But, but anyway, anyway, these dreams. So, Andrea, Andrea, you remember Chris Highfield was here last week. So that dude, he's, he's a dreamer, Like he, 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 and you, you send him a dream, and sometimes I have dreams I send him to him, and honestly... I've had life-altering dreams where God gave me specific direction. I've sent it to Him. He's prayed through it with me. and God showed me some things, man, literally kept me from making decisions that I was about to make that probably saved my ministry a couple of different times. Because uh, I've been through the battle, y'all. I don't, know, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but the devil don't really want you or me to succeed. Like, he's trying to figure out a way to get us to fall. And, 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 there, and, and if he can't get you one way... If he can't get you to fall back into temptation or, or, or these types of things, he'll try to divert your ministry. He'll try to get you to make a decision that you shouldn't make. He'll try to get you to quit church when you shouldn't. He'll try to get you, you know what I'm saying? There's like just different things that he's going to try to do. And he's tried to divert me one time or two and put some very tempting things in front of me that really weren't bad. They weren't sin, they just weren't God's call on my life. Right? And so God gave me dreams and I sent them to him. But it, look, I don't want to give you that one because that one would take hours probably to actually lay out in detail. But th- so, so Chris, about three, three or four months ago, he told Andrea, my wife, he said, listen, you need to pay attention to your dreams. And she never pays attention to dreams. She just sort of thought, well, hey, you know, these things are a little bit, it's whatever. God don't speak to me that way. So she didn't think much of it. She has a dream probably about three months ago. I can't remember. It was months ago. But this, this girl that we know, we hadn't talked to her in years. This girl that we know, we hadn't talked to her in years. She, she was kind of not really following the Lord at all. Um, but Andrea had this dream about her where she said very specifically, she said uh, in the dream, she, she, she posted something on Instagram in the dream that said, uh, you know, I've just really been listening to this song. And it was a song by We the Kingdom in, in, the, in the dream. And she said on the post, can anybody tell me about more, more Christian music so I can listen? And in the dream, Andrea says, well, yeah, I can tell you. And she told her about Maverick City Music, if you've ever heard of that. And, and she woke up because it was so real to her. And she knew that this girl you know, needed, needed the Lord to, to love on her and bring, bring her into that truth. And so she wakes up. It was so real to her, she checked her Instagram to see if this person had posted this. She hadn't. She told me about the dream. I said, maybe you should reach out to the girl. I said, that's what I do. I mean, I'm just weird like that. I tell people all the time. I have dreams about people, son, and I call them up. And I cannot tell you the number of times when I share the dream with them. They're like, oh, my gosh. And it spoke directly to them. I can't tell you the number of times. Um, so, So she does this. Now, today, Andrea posts something about Maverick City Music. This is months down the road, right? She posts something. And she said, I always go back to these songs or whatever. This person messages her and says, wow, I may need to listen to that. I've been, all I've been doing at work lately is listening to Christian music. I've really been listening to We the Kingdom. (laughs) All right. So Andrea says, Andrea says, you ain't going to believe this. Because they ain't even talked in years. She said, you ain't going to believe this. But I had a dream about you not long ago where you told me you were listening to We the Kingdom on Instagram. (laughs) And I said to you, you need to listen to this song by Maverick City Music. And, and after she said, she said well, you, you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but you're the fourth person this week who's told me they had a dream about me. And she said, I feel like I'm going through a spiritual awakening. I don't know what God's doing right now. Son, God's after people. You believe that? What's that do in her heart to let her know that, man, God's after her all the more? He's after her. But it, ta- it takes somebody being sensitive and obedient enough to understand that, he, that, he, that he's speaking. That's why you don't just throw stuff off like that. You don't just treat things as unimportant or not that big of a deal. I t- I t- just the other, just the, Andrea and I, as you all know, we're, we're getting ready to adopt, but we got, we got news from the doctor that we couldn't have kids. Naturally, we had to do IVF. And then we battled because we've been trying to have kids for six years, and we started to do IVF. Guess what? Andrea couldn't get an inner witness about it. Just could not get peace about it. I was like, well, I'm good, with, I'm good with it. I'm ready to go. She couldn't get peace about it. I said, we're going to follow you. You can't get peace about it. We ain't going to do it. So we didn't do it. And we held off and we thought, well, maybe God will get us pregnant naturally. He didn't. And that's cool. We're just following out the process. And, we, and, and so we come to this other side. And, and back in June, I said, I said, Andre, here's what we'll do. I said, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just call the doctor. We'll set up IVF. We don't know what else to do. Let's just do it. Because I want my own baby, son. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe I'm getting in the flesh, whatever you want to believe. I don't really care what you want to believe. I just said that. I'm trying to get my baby. So I said, so I said I'm trying to raise up a giant killer, son. I want some kids. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, uh, so, So she calls and is setting it up, and that night, I, son, I got I, I got all traditional. Like I got down on my hands and knees because we were also trying to figure out should we open the church back up. It's when there's a big COVID outbreak and uh, we're coming off the back end of that. I'm sitting there thinking should we open the church back up? And and this is back in May, right after the shutdown happened, whenever it was, June, I don't know. So I, I prayed to the Lord three things. And really, the church opening thing wasn't even a big issue. I just kind of tagged it on the front end because I was going to do it whether the Lord said yes or no or not. I'm kidding now. I'm, I'm kidding. If he'd, have said, if he'd have said no, I'd have stopped. I'm kidding. But I already had a strong witness about that. I felt like the Lord wanted me to open back up. And the Lord led me through that whole thing, y'all. I mean, I feel like the Lord gave me specific directions whenever we, when we opened, when we decided to close again, when we did outdoor service. I felt like He led me through all that. I just, I feel that way. Uh, I try to ask Him to make decisions. But anyway, I asked Him that. But then I asked Him two specific things. I said, Lord... Do we move forward with IVF? And number two, there was a job opening at the prison that they had offered me and I said, Lord, do I take this job? I wanted that job, son. It makes, I make about quadruple what I make right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, give me the money, Lord. You know, He's just trying to bless me. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, can figure, you can figure out ways to, to justify all kinds of things. I had a dream that night. Now listen to the dream. I'm a, we're going to be here all night, y'all. We're on point three. I'm getting into the good stuff. So... So I went to bed that night. That very night, I had this dream. I had this dream. In the dream, I'm driving my vehicle. Now, often in, 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 in dreams, you, your vehicle means it's your personal ministry. It's what it represents a lot of times. The Lord's given me several dreams where Andre and I were in a vehicle. Oftentimes she's driving. A lot of times your spouse is representative of the Holy Spirit because they're both helpers. One's called alongside. So usually in dreams when things are going well, she's driving because I'm letting the Holy Spirit control. That's the truth. That's how I'm serious. That's real. I can't tell you the number of dreams I've had with that specific thing going on. In this dream, I'm the one driving. And I thought while I was driving, what am I doing driving right here? It's like I was aware I was in a dream, but I'm thinking, well, why am I driving? So I was driving. She was in the passenger seat, and I realized, look, I know y'all think my pastor's wild. I was high driving that vehicle, and I thought to myself, what in God's name am I doing high right here? Like, what's going on? And, and, and I'm sitting there in that situation driving. I sense that. I'm driving down the road. She's in there, and I'm coming up to a stoplight, and, and there's no stoplight in my lane. So I think, well, I'm just going to drive through. And as I drive through, I look over and realize in the other two lanes, there's two stoplights. I said, oh, no, we just run a red light. And I look over to my left and a cop is pulling out behind me. And I'm looking up front and I'm thinking two things. There ain't nowhere to pull over up front. So where, where am I going to pull over? Because there was just no place. It was, it was just a straight road with nothing on the side. And I thought, there's nowhere to pull over. I've already run a red light. I, I don't have, and not only that, when he finally does pull me over, he's going to know I'm inebriated. This is not good. I woke up from the dream, okay? I said, Andrea, this is, let me tell you this dream I had last night. I told her the dream. She didn't say anything after I said it. Later on that night, she came and she told me. She said, my, my first impression whenever you told me that dream was, thank God the Lord told him to stop on IVF. So I didn't even need an interpretation. Why? Because the dream bore witness with her spirit we shouldn't go that route. And she knew in her spirit we need to adopt. God's calling us to adopt. I said, I surrender, Okay? Two weeks later, my mom, who never dreams, she's like, no, like she just thinks I'm weird anyway, probably. I don't know that she thinks that. I just assume. But she wanted me to have that job, man, was pulling for it, wanted it bad, praying for it. And she said, Clay, I had a dream. She told me the dream. I ain't got time to get into it if we're going to get out of here tonight. She said, but I don't think you should take the job. I prayed about, I prayed about, the, the, I prayed about uh, the dream a little bit more. And, and, and as I prayed, I was in here walking one day, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Clay, I'm going to go ahead and give you the interpretation of that dream now that you've made, made the decision. He said, you were driving because you're wanting to control a few things in your life because you're afraid of handing them over to me. And he said, not only that, he said, but you ran two red lights. And he said, the reason you ran them is because you're inebriated. He said, you wanted to go with IVF because you're inebriated with the desire to have your own child. And he said, you're inebriated with money. You want to choose that job. He said, you can't let your own selfish desire and money get you drunk to the point where you're going to run red lights when I'm putting them up in front of you. I said, all right, Lord. So that's just one example. Lord speaks to you through dreams. What am I saying? You need to develop a prayer life with God where you've got a notebook, where you open that thing up, and the slightest impressions. You get, a, you get a scripture verse, Psalm 29, write it down. What do you feel like? What's God impressing you with? Write it down. You have a dream, you feel like, I don't know if this is from the Lord. It might be. Write it down. Share it with somebody. Pray about it. It may just be pizza. It may be nothing. Sometimes you start talking about dreams, sometimes people bring you the weirdest dreams in the world, and they ain't no closer to the Lord than hell itself. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's just weird. And, but so, so don't be weird, but be aware. Right? Make sense? Alright, let me, let me move on. Uh, number four, the prophetic word. Now the prophetic word is really just confirmational. We know that prophecy comes to encourage, it comes to exhort, it comes to build up and comfort, but never rely on the prophetic word to uh, as the primary foundation for everything, the prophetic word is going to come somebody to come to somebody in confirmation. To what the Lord is already dealing with you about in your own spirit in other words when I was called to ministry to preach I knew I was called I was wrestling with it I was struggling with it I remember I went up to pray I hadn't told anybody that I was called to preach and I said Lord you need to give me a sign if this is what you really want me to do and I kid you not a woman pecked me on the shoulder stood me up and started prophesying into my ear and said the Lord has called you for this hour for this time in this place it's time to step out in faith and speak his word because he's put his word in your mouth etc cetera, etc cetera. What was that? That was a confirmation of God speaking to me, letting me know that what you're sensing in your spirit is actually real. Amen? Okay, so number five is spiritual authority. And here's the thing. Guess what? If you're a Christian, you need authority in your life. You need somebody over you. Say, well, he he ain't as smart as I am. That don't matter. Does it? Now, I've had authority in my life sometimes that I disagree with, but guess what? There's still an authority over my life. I've got guys in authority. Everybody needs a pastor. I have pastors. I have guys that I talk to regularly. If I have big decisions, I go to them. If I have things that I need to hear about, if I need correction, I share my life. I share my struggles with them. I let them speak into me and I let them be in authority over my life. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So in other words, God has placed people in leadership over your life. Whether you like them or not, you are to be submissive to them because they're watching over your soul. And they're going to give you direction. And they're going to help you. They're, they, 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 and they're, they're not going to try to control you. When you sense that controlling stuff, that's a little bit different, right? And that can be bad. But guess what? If you sense that, they should have somebody in authority over them that you could go to. Right? If I come in here and I'm abusive to you, guess what? i got people in authority over me that you can go to and say, Clay's out of hand. Somebody amen me, right? Amen. That way we got a balance of power here, right? So to speak. Number six, biblical direction. I'm getting through them fast. Y'all good? Now let me say this, because, because if you're not in the Bible, don't expect to hear from the Lord. People wanting to just get a prophetic word and wanting to have a dream and wanting to do all this... If you're not in the Bible, you probably ain't going to hear Jack squat. I mean, I, I'm getting a little bit loose, Anna. Reel it back in, Clay. We're going to get suspended again. <laughs> but if you're not in the Scripture, you can't expect to hear anything else from the Lord. The primary way that He's going to speak to you is because you're in the Scriptures daily and He's using His Word to speak to you. That, that, he, that's, the, that's the main thing. Don't expect some kind of weird out there revelation when you're not hearing from God in the scriptures and what you'll find is if you're in daily Bible reading he will speak something to you in that daily Bible reading every day of your life that will strengthen you that will direct you in the you'd be amazed at how many times you're looking for exact direction and something that's going on in your life and if you've got a daily Bible reading when you go into it it's like oh my gosh this speaks directly to me anybody ever been there this is right this is right on the money Daily Bible reading, biblical direction. you got to be in the Scripture. And number seven, this is going to be a good one. I put my wife. Y'all can put your spouse. For some of y'all, this, is for, especially for you men, for you sing, How many of y'all in here are you single right now? All right, all right, all right, all right. It's going to be a big decision whenever you try to link up with somebody and marry them, son. You know what I'm talking about? Because if they don't hear from the Lord, you're in a bind. Somebody amen me right here, you know. You're in a bind if they don't hear from the Lord. You're in a pickle. Now, they're going to be human as it is. My wife hears from the Lord, thank God. She's a woman of prayer. She stays in the scripture. She worships Jesus. But we're still just human beings, so we got our own struggles. I cannot imagine what would happen if we didn't both hear from the Lord and follow Him. It'd be a mess. So don't let sex lead you into a place where you, you, you want something so bad that you forget that you need a woman that hears from the Lord. You need to wait on God in that area. But, but never... So many times, like Matthew twenty-seven nineteen. look at this. It says, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, this is Pontius Pilate who's about to order Jesus' crucifixion, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. His wife had heard from the Lord. said, Pilate, honey, don't have nothing to do with him. My wife, certain times, she's just like, Clay, I just, I just don't know about that. And I'd be so dumb, I'd just hit it headlong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, I feel great. I feel good about it. Let's do this. And she's like, no, I don't know about that. You need to watch out right there. Never go past the witness of, of your wife's spirit, of your spouse's spirit. Pay attention. But make sure that y'all are praying together. Make sure that y'all, y'all are seeking the Lord together because he's going to speak to both of you. And see, y'all are one, which means that at the end of the day, he's going to teach you how to hear sometimes through one another. He's going to teach you a lot of lessons through one another. So, real quick, I'm going to go through a few things that keep you from hearing clearly. Number one is the fear of man. See, man's opinion, man's advice, and man's influence on you will sometimes push you in a direction to where you can't hear from the Lord. That pressure. What are they going to think if I do this? Well, he thinks I should do that. Well, at the end of the day, listen, I've had spiritual leaders. God has put me in a place of testing where I've went to spiritual leaders before, and spiritual leaders have said, Clay, you don't need to do this, man. You don't need to go. And I go back to God. God, are you sure about this? Are you sure about this? Are you sure about this? Because, now, it wasn't a big deal. Ultimately, you submit to authority, but they weren't saying you. They would just given me their opinion on a matter. But sometimes you're going to have people pressuring you and what people think about you, and then you're going to have God saying, you need to do this. Right. And the fear of man will sometimes hinder you from those things. Number two is lack of prayer. If you don't ask the Lord in a a book of Joshua, it says it says uh, that Joshua did not ask counsel from the Lord in the matter of the Gibeonites. If you're not praying and if you're not listening, it's going to be very hard to hear. Lack of prayer is going to keep you out of tune with God. I was reading something this week. Uh, Anybody, Cameron, you probably know you're a genius and you're doing teach anatomy. Anybody know what the reticular activating system is in the brain? Anybody ever heard of the reticular activating system? Apparently it's right down here in your brain stem. But what, but what happens is this, is it creates categories for information. Which means like, you ever bought, you ever like researched an, an item, maybe, maybe you researched a car, you go out, you buy a car, after you buy that car, you notice that car everywhere you go. Y'all ever experienced that? Like you just, man, I see them everywhere now. That's your reticular activating system because you just created a category in your brain for that kind of a car. What's the point I'm trying to make about prayer? When you pray about specific things... You create categories for those specific things. And then the Holy Spirit gets involved. And so when you're out living your daily life, because you spent time in prayer creating categories, now the Holy Spirit can activate your reticular activating system. And you see something and it triggers what you just prayed. And the Lord is saying, I'm speaking to you about this. Right. The more you pray, the more coincidences you will see. The more you pray about things, the more moments God is going, you're going to see something. It's going to spark that, that. Man, I prayed about that. The Lord's saying something right here in this. That's good right there, y'all. Number three, pressure to perform. You might have financial pressure. You might have time pressure. You may need to do something really quick. Or maybe even when it comes to a church, we talk about leaders all the time. Like like the the idea of, man, we want to grow this church. We want to do some things. We want to get things done. And you can jump the gun and miss God and do things that God is not even doing because you want something so bad and there's pressure to perform. Right? Right? And sometimes the Lord's saying, no, you need to hold off. I've not asked you to do that. Don't jump ahead of me. Don't get out because you feel like the the need and the pressure to do more. And number four is the pride of position. Balaam was a prophet, but guess what? He began to turn from the Lord because he had that pride of position and they began to elevate him and and his own donkey. I mean, the Lord had to use that man's own donkey to get him to stop cursing Israel because he couldn't hear the Lord. So it kept him from hearing it, that pride in his heart. So I'm going to give you a safety net real quick and I'll be done. The safety net is regular prayer and fasting. If I'm going to hear from the Lord, I need to be in prayer and I need to be in fasting. And you say, well, I can't fast. No, you, listen, even the, even the weakest among us folks can miss a meal for a lunch or a dinner and go and spend time with the Lord instead. Just do that regularly. I mean, every Christian honestly should be fasting a meal a week at the minimum. You know what I'm saying? Like something where they're they're denying themselves and going into a place of prayer with the Lord. Why? Because you're trying to keep your senses sharp to hear the Lord. Trying to keep your senses sharp to hear the Lord. Secondly is daily Bible reading. If I'm going to hear the Lord, I need to be in His Word. That's a safety net for me where I don't get to where I don't hear Him anymore. I stay in the Scripture daily. Number three is spiritual accountability. I need people who I know are wise in the Lord that I can go to, that I can share my struggles with, that I can tell them what I'm thinking. Because sometimes when I talk to people, they'll tell me what they're thinking. They'll think, man, maybe this is the Lord. And they just say something that's totally off wall. I'm like, bro, that ain't the Lord. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, but I feel like the Lord's trying to get me to go back home and, and do this and do that. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all ever felt that that sense? You need spiritual accountability in your life where you can take take these things to people and let them speak. Number four, honor your spouse. You've got to honor your spouse. What what, what are they feeling? What are they thinking? Pray together. Give Give them that place. Number five, don't ever go beyond your witness. If you've not heard what to do, don't do it. If you've put it before the Lord, you've prayed, you've sought the Lord, maybe you've even added a little fasted, fasting into it because it's a huge decision. If, you don't, if nothing is bearing witness with you, wait upon the Lord. He will bring the answer. And when the peace comes, you can move forward. In the Old Testament, they had something called the priest wore behind his chest right here in his garment, something called the Urim and the Tumim. You can look it up, right? It's in there. He wore it. And it was basically, they, ha- they have questions about what it actually was. But they, the, the understanding was that whenever David would ask something of the Lord, this Urim and Tumim would light up. And so, in other words, and it would gi- it would give him an answer. And some people would say it was a black stone and a white stone, and it would it would light up and it would give him the answer. And it would either say yes or no, or it would light up the letters that were written on the priest's chest to give him a specific message. In other words, when you come to the Lord and you ask the Lord something, guess what? You've got the Urim and the Thummim in your heart. His name is the Holy Spirit, and he will light something up and and start. The more you pray, you're going to feel something rise to the top. You're going to say that's what you need to do, and you're going to start to hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Well I tell you what, I've went long so let's let's just take a minute, why don't we about just bow our heads right now? Just pray together for a minute.